the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome back as we head into Hour 2. Let me give out the number, 602-508-0960. Let me uh, do the proper welcome to uh, my uh, chief producer, Bill, and associate producer, David. Um, I uh, we, had, uh, we started the show uh, in the first hour with uh, Pete Peterson, so I didn't get to do my typical uh, welcomes. Peggy Noonan's column today in the Wall Street Journal is a remonstrance against Nikki Haley's announcement speech this week. She said it was a speech that sounded like it was engineered by focus group types that think the GOP problem is communication. Peggy Noonan writes, her speech, quote, her speech was communicating about the need to communicate. It is empty, circular, goes nowhere. The only thing in politics is strong, clear, honest stands on issues of great import. The American people know what they are and declare them every four years, close quote. Noonan made this point as she criticized Nikki Haley's entrance to the stage and the theme music as it was from the 1980s. It was almost as if Peggy Noonan was mad she didn't get the job of writing this speech, for her criticism really makes little sense. To Peggy Noonan's credit, she does write big picture speeches and themes herself. But Nikki Haley's speech was not circular and not going nowhere. Again, Noonan said she wanted strong, clear, honest stands on issues of great import. Noonan's words. Well, what is more strong, more clear, more honest? And what could be a bigger issue than the moral defense of America? Here's some of what Nikki Haley said. Quote, on Biden and Harris's watch, a self let me do that again. Quote, on Biden and Harris's watch, a self-loathing has swept our country. It's in the classroom, the boardroom and the back rooms of government. Every day we're told America is flawed, rotten and full of hate. Joe and Kamala even say America is racist. Nothing could be further from the truth, she said. She continued, quote, this self-loathing is a virus more dangerous than any pandemic. Its system of a lack of pride in our country and a lack of trust in our leaders and ignores the values that have sustained America since her founding. Close quote. Just prior to saying those words, Nikki Haley said her resume was this, quote, I stand before you as the daughter of immigrants, as the proud wife of a combat veteran, and as the mom of two amazing children. Close quote. Again, I ask, what is more important than a resume like that and taking on the hatred of this country from within this country. Peggy Noonan is famous for working for a president who made that his life's calling, and she helped. It is, is it, we should ask, overworn and worn out, tired? Are those themes exhausted and now small, according to Peggy Noonan? Or is the need rather even greater now than in the 1980s, because the problem is even worse than it was in the 1980s. As for that virus of the mind, where have you heard of that spoken before? 
Where have you heard about the Ivory Tower University lab leak of Marxism that is far more toxic than anything came out of Wuhan? After all, it is a virus that affects our brains rather than our lungs. America is the testing ground for all of this. As an open society, this has always been our challenge. As an open society, we are most susceptible to alien doctrines and more susceptible to alien doctrines than perhaps any other nation on earth. The very doctrines that have swept through, as Nikki Nikki Haley said, the classrooms and the boardrooms and more and beyond the newsrooms, the film production rooms, the publishing houses, the textbook houses, and for God's sakes, the NFL and the military. Let us not forget the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff of the military said to the U.S. House of Representatives exactly this, quote, I've read Mao Zedong. I've read Karl Marx. I've read Lenin. That doesn't make me a communist. So what is wrong with understanding, having some situational understanding about the country for which we are here to defend, close quote. I'm glad he's read Mao and Marx. I doubt he's read Lenin. Most people don't read Lenin. And I'm guessing he was not speaking the truth when he said he read Lenin. But one would have hoped the man entrusted with our military defense would read Marx and Mao to understand the countries we are, he- the countries we are here, presumably he is here to defend against. Not to understand the country we are here to defend, as he said. You don't read Mao and Marx to understand America, as he said. You read them to understand the critique of America. You read them to understand the rioters and the fifth columnists in America. You read Hamilton and Madison and Jefferson and Lincoln to have a, quote, situational understanding about the country we are here to defend. You read Marx and Mao to understand why rioters would topple Hamilton's and Madison's and Jefferson's and Lincoln's statues. You read Mao and Marx to understand why a company like Disney promotes a video that says Lincoln did not free the slaves. You read Marx and Mao to understand what is going on in our nation's schools and curriculums, not to better understand the country for which we are here to defend. I'm not saying the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff should be involved in our culture wars, not at all. I'm saying the culture wars are near lost and America is lost at sea when the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff sounds like a sociology professor from Harvard. Again, I'm glad Republican presidential candidates are speaking to this. This is the major battle before us. Nikki Haley is not alone. This is the kind of thing Donald Trump fought with his 1776 commission which was the very first thing the Biden administration dismantled upon their inauguration and cleansed the government websites of. Think about that. 1776 Commission was the first thing, day one, if you will, that they got rid of. That ought to tell you something about why Mark Milley could say what he did and where the Democratic left is in this country. And yes, Ron DeSantis has spoken and governed to reverse these Things as well. As I say, America is the testing ground for saving Western civilization. Thomas Jefferson knew that when he spoke of America as the world's best hope in his inauguration speech in 1801. Abraham Lincoln knew it when he spoke of America as the last best hope of Earth in his message to Congress. 
And Ronald Reagan knew it when he spoke of America as the world's last stand in his 1964 Time for Choosing speech and as the last best hope of mankind in almost every speech thereafter. And the left knows it, too. That's why they go after Western civilization here so root and branch strongly. My professor, Harry Jaffa, put it this way, quote, The salvation of the West must come if it is to come from the United States. The salvation of the United States, if it is to come, must come from the Republican Party. And the salvation of the Republican Party, if it is to come, must come from the conservative movement within it. And the salvation of the conservative movement, if it is to come, must come from the renewal and reaffirmation of the principles of the American founding as embodied in our Declaration of Independence, close quote. The issues Haley and Trump and DeSantis have spoken about are the durables. And if the strength of this country morally, as much as militarily, are not strong, clear, honest stands on issues of great import, as Peggy Noonan says, then what is? I'm sorry Peggy Noonan thinks the 1980s are a throwback or the culture and thematics of the 1980s are a throwback and not needed right now, anachronistic, old-fashioned even. But we are in a time often compared to Jimmy Carter's 1970s. The corrective, the therapy, the recovery was the Ronald Reagan 1980s. And looking at what is taking place in our schools, as well as our Pentagon, where boys can be girls and girls can be boys in schools while being secreted from parents, where children are taught to be ashamed of how they were born or their race, where child pornography is taught while dressing it up as important child development, where the U.S. military is disseminating manuals on how women should be able to bunk with men and vice versa, where America is taught to be the problem of the world rather than the answer to the world's problems, where constitutional rights are violated with impunity and the government pressures the media to become its press office, where we have an invasion at our southern border, an invasion of our airspace, where life expectancy is going down, where education scores are going down, where drug use and drug death is going up. Well, as Phil Coulson told Captain America in The Avengers, with everything that's happening, the things that are about to come to light, people might just need a little old-fashioned right now. I'm Seth Leibson, 602-508-0960. They claimed more than 500,000 new jobs were created. But what about 300 tech companies laying off more than 100,000 workers? Where are those figures reflected? You know that your personal finances are worse now than they were when Biden took office, and record inflation has lowered the value of your money. What can you do to stop the bleeding? I recommend calling the veteran-owned Midas Gold Group to look into safeguarding your money with the stability of gold with the only precious metals dealer that Seb Gorka, I, and thousands of you already know and trust. Gold traditionally holds its value when economies fail, guarding against the pain of inflation and the ruins of a recession. Take a positive step to guard your cash reserves and investments. Talk with the folks at the Midas Gold Group. MidasGoldGroup.com. That's MidasGoldGroup.com. Or better yet, call them at 480-360-3000. That's 480-360-3000.
Abe Greenwald over at Commentary uh, writes uh, this. In his excellent daily newsletter, Mark Halperin points that the purpose of Joe Biden's UFO speech, the one he gave yesterday, is to distract from speculation about his physical exam at Walter Reed Hospital that he also took yesterday. Hmm, Abe writes. Which story is the better distraction here? Is it safer for Biden to face questions about American fighter jets shooting down mystery objects than questions about his suspect fitness? It's arguable. But does either topic qualify as a distraction? They're both matters of the gravest importance to the security of the United States, which is why we're going to be told that there's nothing to worry about in either case. Sure enough, the news stories today are that Biden's physical results showed that he is healthy and vigorous. As Halpern writes, quote, Biden is scheduled for a physical on Thursday. He wrote it Thursday morning that, let's be honest, will almost certainly not yield an honest account in the memo released by his doctor, close quote. And the current buzzword on the objects that caused American jet fighters for the first time in history to fire live rounds over our skies is benign. Quote, the intelligence community is considering as a leading explanation, White House National Security Spokesman John Kirby said, that these could just be balloons tied to some commercial or benign purpose, close quote. We found out at least one of them might have just been a recreational purpose. But benign purpose would work there just fine. We're probably never going to find out much about either Biden's health or the shot down aircraft or balloons. As a country, we've lost the ability to get to the bottom of things. That's the important point. Or as I say, why we can't have nice Things. Sometimes it's because we don't want to. The memo on Biden's health won't be honest because there's a network of Democratic operatives and partisan media committed to being dishonest about the obvious fact that Joe Biden isn't operating at peak form. There's evidence of this nearly every day. Yesterday, Biden referred to Wes Moore, Maryland's first black governor, as a boy. Do you know that? If you think he said this because he's racist, you're missing the point. He said it because he's not sharp enough to realize that it makes him sound racist. Today isn't over yet, but with Biden giving a public address, there's sure to be something. Sometimes we don't get to the bottom of things because we don't have a clue what we're doing. Here's the New York Times on the latest developments regarding the down post balloon objects. Quote, some senior officials said that based on preliminary work, They believe the three objects were likely designed for scientific or weather research and had ceased to function, becoming akin to airborne trash, close quote. Preliminary work? What preliminary work? Nothing has been recovered yet, and no one has come forward to say, hey, you shot down my dilapidated UFO. You shot down my recreational hobby balloon. There's no new information here. There's only new spin. The preliminary work they're talking about amounts to fighter pilots describing vaguely and confusingly the contour and size of the things they shot down. One reportedly seemed octagonal, another cylindrical. Quote, I wouldn't really call it a balloon. I don't know what. I can see it outside with my eyes, said one of the Lake Huron pilots. Quote, looks like something. There's some kind of object that's distended. It's hard to tell. It's pretty small. Another pilot involved in the incident said, quote, I'm going to call it a balloon, close quote. This isn't intelligence analysis. It's what we do when we ascribe meanings to the shapes 
of clouds. Cue the Joni Mitchell song, I suppose. The answers are at the bottom of Lake Huron and scattered over the northern coast of Alaska and Yukon, and who knows if we'll ever retrieve them. This is how things have been functioning for a while now. In many cases, bias and incompetence come together to leave us in the dark. Any word on who leaked Justice Alito's draft opinion on Dobbs? Oh, that's right. The Supreme Court just gave up looking. How about the origins of COVID? In May 2021, Biden ordered intelligence agencies to investigate the matter and bring back their findings in 90 days. Josh Rogan reported on those findings in The Washington Post later this year. Quote, the summary says four intelligence community elements believe with low confidence the outbreak occurred naturally up from two in May. One agency still maintains with moderate confidence that the lab accident was to blame. We don't know which agency arrived at this assessment, the FBI perhaps or perhaps the Defense Intelligence Agency. It doesn't matter. The bottom line is our spies have no idea what happened in Wuhan. None. And the journal Nature recently reported that the World Health Organization is just simply no longer on the case. Wouldn't want to upset the Chinese. When you don't have answers, everything is reduced to a mere distraction from national security scares to the president's health. Because when you don't have answers, there's nothing to act on. No way to make sense of events. So we move on to the next bottomless story. This is all part and parcel of the frenzy and crisis industrial complex, too. We'll give you the crisis, but then we'll just move on to the next bottomless story. It is amazing to me when you think about just those two things. And as you find out that we spent a million dollars in aircraft missiles to shoot down what turns out to be a $12 recreational balloon, that something's very, very wrong here. Something's very, very wrong here. Not just the agility of the president and his mental capability, but really maybe the entire administration that's going along with it. Why would we have any reason to believe anything they say? Why would we have any reason to believe anything they say after the John Fetterman announcement yesterday? They assured us throughout the campaign he was fine. Yesterday, he went to the hospital for severe depression. Of course, we wish him all the best. Of course we do, any fellow human being. But in the press release on that, his chief of staff said he had been suffering depression on and off for years. That never came up. All we learned was he was the picture of health who just couldn't process all his words very well because of a stroke. Why would we ever believe them? The EPA administrator in East Palestine, Ohio, said yesterday... We're the government. You should trust us. Is he kidding? Is he kidding? The sad thing is he isn't. Welcome back. To, welcome back to the Seth Leapson show. I am Seth. Well, this is just too precious. Unbelievable. Um, how much pain was caused by people saying this? two years ago how many people got censored how many people got criticized how many people got shamed for saying this two years ago nbc 
news.com. Don't trust me? Go there. It's there now. I'll read you the headline. Immunity acquired from a COVID infection is as protect excuse me, immunity acquired from a COVID infection is as protective as vaccination against severe illness and death. Study finds. Immunity acquired from a COVID infection provides strong, lasting protection against the most severe outcomes of the illness, according to research published Thursday in The Lancet. Protection experts say that's on par with what's provided through two doses of the mRNA vaccine. Infection-acquired immunity cut the risk of hospitalization and death from a COVID reinfection by 88% for at least 10 months, the study found. Wow. Wow. Wow, how much? Adam Carolla was on to this in 2021 when Fauci was asked about the immunity study out of Israel. And this exchange took place. And just, and just real quickly, um, there was a study that came out of Israel about natural immunity. And basically the headline was that natural immunity provides a lot of protection, even better than the vaccines alone. Hold on, um, pause it there. That's Sanjay Gupta talking to uh, uh, Anthony Fauci and Adam Carolla commenting on it. Go ahead. Hold on. Um, Pause it there for a second. It's not a lot and even. It's 27 times more. That was the study. I was going to say, I've got guys who are signing declarations in the cases that it's it's exponentially. That's the word that they're using. Right. This is Sanjay soft peddling it because remember, we're on the same side. We're in the fear so I don't want people to get excited, but go ahead. Sorry, Gary. What are, what are people to make of that? So so as we talk about vaccine mandates, there are, I get calls all the time. People say, I've already had COVID. I'm protected. And now the study says maybe even more protected than the vaccine alone. Not Should maybe. they also get the vaccine? That's not what How the study the case- says. It doesn't say maybe. It just says it is, Sanjay, man of science. Studies don't say maybe. <laughs> they say it's 27 times more effective. Sanjay, Dr. Sanjay, that's what it says. Does it say maybe? Go read the study. Sorry, go ahead. But he's got to soft pedal it because we got, we got to ask Fauci a real question. This is a difficult time for our news organization. We have to ask a semi-real question. All right, they see. also get the vaccine. How do you make the case to them? You know, that's a really good point, Sanjay. I don't have a really firm answer for you on that. That's something that we're going to have to discuss regarding the durability of the response. The one thing the paper from Israel didn't tell you is whether or not as high as the protection is with natural infection, what's the durability? All right, hold on. I'll tell you what we have learned from Israel. The durability of the vaccine is worse. That durability, we do know the durability. They're going on a... In Israel, you're not considered fully vaxxed unless you've had the booster shot. So if you want to talk about durability, we know one. By the way, he's talking about the booster shot. The administration keeps... Every week we keep hearing about the booster shot. Right. So Why, Why do you need a booster shot if it's durable? Well, why would Fauci know about natural immunity? Like, oh, hey, where's my steno pad? Let me jot this down. What'd you say again? Nautical immunity? What was that thing, Sanjay? Natural immunity. Huh. Two years in, I should look into this.
Maybe there's some meat on this bone. What you call it again, Sanjay? Is it uh, natural immunity? All right, when I get back to the office, I'm going to bring this up. I hope I pronounce it correctly. Yes, it's called natural immunity. You have not looked into it? Fauci, you've not looked into it. This is just a brand new thoughts you're having in real time on TV. Well, we have, well, well, Sorry we, we have. had to cut a few of those things, given the Adam Carolla style <laughs> in vernacular. But, yeah, it had been tried to be said two years in, a year after the mRNA vaccines. And we who knew it and said it and spoke about it, shamed, silenced, censored, and fired. Today, NBC says it as a blaring headline. A lot of you have probably been hearing me talk about why refi for a while now. If you still have some questions, feel free to contact them at 888-YREFI-34. They happily want to put you in touch with many of their satisfied customers, any number of their many satisfied customers, who have been investing with them and doing great Folks, how's your IRA doing? Would you like your IRA to be earning strong fixed interest rates and not be dependent on the stock market or Joe Biden's economy? Did you know you can invest with Y-Refi through an IRA or other qualified funds? And you can keep your investment, including the high fixed interest rates you earn. Tax deferred. That's right. Your money can stay in your IRA and you don't have to pay taxes on the income you earn. Check them out at investyrefi.com or give them a call at 888-YREFI-34. That's 888-Y-REFI-34. Um, we'll get an update next week from uh, Professor Owen Anderson at ASU, who, um, as he told us when he stood up for the right of Dennis Prager to speak at ASU's campus two weeks ago, got uh, a few interviews, one of them on this show, and um, he was called in. And told that from now on or here on out, he had to, he could no longer speak in public without getting approval from the administrator or the administration's communications department. We'll get an update from him on Monday on that and how that's going. I think about that case in that instance when I read today's op-ed in the New York Times by Paul Krugman. The title, insultingly enough, the title is The Right Don't Need No Education. The Right Don't Need No Education. And it starts with an attack on Ron DeSantis and what he was fighting in Florida with regard to the college board in their AP classroom curriculum on African-American studies. We talked about this with Stanley Kurtz. You may recall the AP's curriculum that he was pushing against in Florida was a curriculum that was based entirely on critical race theory on neo-Marxist views. It had, for example... A for, a, for, a for further reading list in the curriculum, every single one of whom was a Marxist, every single one of them, every single one of them. As Andrew Sullivan put it, we're not saying don't read that 
What we're asking is maybe balance it. Are there no African-American historians or scholars who aren't Marxists? Of course, there are plenty. We interview them here all the time. With better academic credentials, by the way, than some of the people on the AP's list that the college board was trying to shovel down our students' throats. So Krugman writes that Republicans are now anti-education. The right don't need no education. It's funny, isn't it, when you think about it? Who is the one trying to silence who in our schools? Is Owen Anderson or Dennis Prager going around telling these 40 Marxist professors at ASU they shouldn't be teaching? Nope, not at all. Are conservatives silencing left-wing and liberal scholars on our campuses? Nope, not at all. It runs entirely in the other direction. Krugman writes, what actually happened here? Did America's colleges, which a large majority of Republicans consider to have positive influences as recently as 2015, suddenly become centers of left-wing indoctrination? Did the same thing happen to high schools run by local boards across the nation? Of course not. Was What happened was that MAGA politicians began peddling scare score stories about education. That's just bad history. That's just bad history. Conservatives have been warning against the ideological unification of ideology, is the better way to put it, the unification of only one kosher ideology on college campuses since at least the early 1980s. William Bennett, the three bees, the killer bees, they were called, the killer bees by the New York Times in the 1980s. Bennett. Bloom, Alan Bloom, his book, Closing of the American Mind, 1987. And I'm trying to... And Bellow, Saul Bellow, the novelist Saul Bellow, who wrote the introduction to Alan Bloom's book. The Killer Bees, the New York Times called them, because they were criticizing the ideological rigidity of the universities and the getting rid of the West, of Western civilization. Go Google Bennett, Stanford, Jesse Jackson, Western Civ. Look at all the stories Bennett stirred up as Secretary of Education when Jesse Jackson tried to get rid of Western Civ at Stanford. Trying to get rid of Western Civ at Stanford. Hey, hey, ho, ho, Western Civ has got to go was the protest he led. Who was trying to cleanse the chalkboard and the books then? We've been on this a lot longer than since 2015, Mr. Krugman. A lot longer. You teach at Princeton. Why do you think Robbie George started the James Madison program over at Princeton, your school, decades ago? Because of the ideological rigidity of the left on the campus that didn't tolerate conservatives. That's why. And as far as the elementary schools and secondary schools go, did they suddenly become centers of left-wing indoctrination, he asks? Did the same thing happen to high schools run by local boards across the nation? No, he says. What happened was the MAGA politicians began peddling scare stories. That's not what happened at all. No, they didn't suddenly become centers of left-wing indoctrination. They were discovered to have been that for decades. 
And they were discovered to have been that because we trusted those institutions and didn't look too carefully and closely at it until COVID came and shut down the schools and parents got to see what their students were doing because they had to read these books and do Zoom classes at home. They didn't suddenly become that way. They were discovered to have been that way for decades. Scare stories. My gosh. We read the evidence of it here probably at least two times a month when we talk about the textbooks and the school and the books in schools that are concerning to the likes of Arizona Women for Action and Ron DeSantis. The trick is over the public airwaves, actually literally reading those books' content because I can't say some of the words in them. Books designed for first and second graders, kindergartners even. That's the challenge. I wonder if Paul Krugman has ever read one of these books or if he has any concept at all of what he's talking about. The right don't need no education. It's the left that needs one. And it's the liberals that really need one because they're the handmaidens of the left and don't know it. Welcome back to the Seth Leibson Show. Uh, we have our associate producer, David Dahl, with his uh, political pin update. What do we got? What are we wearing today, David? What does your pin say? My pin today says vote for Nixon. And this is because, Seth, yes. I finally took one of your recommendations on a movie to watch. Oh, okay. Yes, I watched Nixon from 1995 this week at your recommendation. Oh, this was uh, the Oliver Stone Nixon? Yes, that's right. All three and a half hours. It took me a few days. <laughs> Did it? Oh, wow. Well, that maybe answers the question. I thought it was a great movie. Yeah, very good. I mean, I do think it uh, perhaps portrayed him in a more negative light in certain areas. Yeah, it did. But, 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 but I think for those that went into that movie with a negative view of Nixon, they walked out of that movie with a more positive movie. Perhaps with a more positive notion of Richard Nixon. I think I thought it was not awful as far as I thought it. I thought it was a pretty positive as as. I, maybe I'm just so aware of the Nixon the Nixon genre. I thought it was pretty good. I thought it was pretty fair. I mean, he wasn't great uh, on a lot of levels. Let's let's just be fair that there was a lot of negative to do, and it would have been accurate. But I, I thought it was I thought it humanized him in a way. Great that, great aspects of the yeah, film yeah. were uh, the Hannah Nixon character, yeah. his mother, yeah, Mary Steenburgen, yes, who came back several times uh, from the, the tragedies grave. <laughs> of his youth that no one knows about. Mm-hmm. Right, the deaths his of his brothers in Arizona. Right, right. Um, I, I I don't know. I thought what he was up against with what was clearly a deep state operating mm-hmm. then before the phrase was deep state. So what? which pin is it that you have? Oh, today we have vote for Nixon. Which, what, what campaign is that? Well, for? that could be any of the three, to be fair. Any oh. of them. Uh, yeah, that's right. Uh, could be any of four. Don't forget he ran for governor in California in yes, 1962. That's right. And the famous line there when he lost? Oh, gentlemen, you won't have Dick Nixon to kick around anymore because this is my last press conference. Well done. Well done. Not a lot of people know that. That's where the line came from. You won't have Dick Nixon to kick around anymore. It was when he lost his race for governor of California in 62 and showed you uh, showed you that uh, even when you lose in California, don't give up the fight. Ronald Reagan then ran four years later and beat Pat Brown by 
a million votes, mm-hmm. a million votes four years later. There was always a little bit of tension between Nixon and Goldwater and Reagan. Always there was just a little, there was a little bit, probably not much coming from Reagan. The tension was against him because he kept doing the <laughs> most of the winning. Do you, yeah, all right. Anyway, got to take the top of the hour break. We'll be right back. Don't go away. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.